Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. And we're going to talk today about overpopulation, which we've touched on several times before, or the myth of overpopulation. Um, I mean, we, we talked about is environmentalism Catholic, and we've touched on it through other subjects, but I don't think we've ever done a whole show about it. And I don't know why, I, I don't think many people fall for the overpopulation line anymore. But I think as Catholics, we ought to not just not fall for it, but actively fight any kind of sentiment that would limit the number of children being had by good families. Even from our Pope, who says that we breed like jackrabbits, or was it just rabbits? Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. It's disgusting. Our own Pope would say that. Um, I guess we should stop breeding and then dwindle while the Muslims continue to breed and take over the world. I don't know. It's just... Catholics should have a lot of kids. Well, it's interesting. I, that's that what I believe. You're right. you, you don't actually hear much about overpopulation anymore because the new mantra is the environment. Yeah. And I, I have to wonder whether the reason that shifted is because it's easier to get away with bad science if you're using the environment as your, um, your, your scare factor to try to control people. Yeah, because you, you start talking about chemicals that are developing that, say, only NASA is able to look at, like, you know, the ozone and things like that. And it's like, well, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to prove anything for or against that. If you tell me the number of people, right. I can I can work up some statistics and show you how there is no overpopulation. But if, you know, if you start telling me that, even a small number of people are destroying the planet, then uh, a lot of people don't know how to argue with that. But I thought, you know, we've never done a whole show about it. And even, look, even Catholics, even mostly the Novies, um, when they talk about this, they'll say, even the ones who accept the fact that we ought not to be using contraception would also always be real quick to add, that doesn't mean Catholics should be having as many kids as they can. You know, you can abstain. <laughs> right. You can you can uh, use this method or that method to be careful and to be responsible. Those are the favorite terms. Um, and my argument is, I, I hate to say this, but Catholics, good Catholics, ought to be having as many children as they can. That's yeah. my yeah. feeling we- on this. Um, they, when God created man and woman, the first recorded uh, command he gave was to fill the earth. Go be, go have mm-hmm. babies. Here, I gave you something that feels absolutely great and brings a man and a woman closer together and also produces children, which help you later on as you're getting old. Now, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Well, I mean, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but um, I don't know. I, I wanted to attack this subject from a couple different 
aspects. And number one, from, of course, we don't know what God thinks and feels and stuff, but we know what he told us, and we know a couple other things. And And we know that his providence never fails. Right. Now, we... I mean, we we also know, here's the thing, we know that um, because the fact is that we live in a fallen world, now we have no idea how this would have worked out if Adam hadn't sinned. Right. You know, the command to multiply and fill the earth was pre-fall. Yeah, it was. Um, And and so we don't know what kinds of technologies uh, the human race would have developed, either in terms of, of... you know, getting more food from the ground or maybe, you know, going out and exploring pl- planets. Who, who knows how things would have gone right. without sin. But the fact is, we live in a fallen world, and, and our fallen world, our fallenness, um, has created in us, this is something that we believe as Catholics, uh, and so the, these are arguments kind of for Catholics by Catholics. Or, you know, the, somebody who's not a Catholic is not going to see things this way when we talk about stuff like providence right but when the fact is we encounter natural disasters we sort of placed ourselves in a state of enmity with the rest of the universe yeah by by sinning and we've seen from time to time that some kind of disaster maybe a plague i think a plague is the most common um comes and like decimates a population like like you're left with a tenth of what it was yeah um you know on a broad scale on a small scale it can be even worse than that whole towns may be wiped out or whatever but the point i'm making is this that we should take god at his word and trust that he has whatever reasons he has um in his providence for that we don't know if at some point there's going to be something that decimates the human population and if we're busy limiting our own population before that, it becomes almost unbearable to live after that then. Yeah, that is, that is, Where, you know, what, that's, yeah, that's something I never, I don't even think about there. that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, I, I think. But I don't think, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's okay to exceed the bounds of, of what the earth can support because God will take care of it by wiping us out. No, I don't, I don't think we're close to exceeding those bounds. Right. I don't think we will exceed those bounds. I'm just pointing out that that even if you believe we would, as a Catholic, as a Christian, we have every good reason to simply trust God at his word. To trust him at earth. his word, fill the earth, and accept that he wants it for a reason. I mean, he created yeah. man to out of love, and his love is not limited the way even ours is. I mean, I, when I was, you know, a lot of times a young family who has one child will maybe start thinking about another child and uh, worry that, well, you know, am I going to li- love this one kid less if I have a second one? And people oh. with large families know that that's silly. That's not the way it works. Yeah. Your love doesn't. Yeah. Your yeah. time, they could stretch the heck out of your time. And your resources yeah, your time, and your money. Your, your capacity to, to show individual affection and all kinds of various things like that. Well, you know, of course, part of the problem is that these days that's what people equate with love. Yeah, that is a problem. But the love is is there no matter what. And it doesn't, it doesn't 
uh, it doesn't become like a pie graph where you can give to each kid a certain amount of your love. Your love grows to compensate mm-hmm. for the new member of the family. Um, and we should understand that aspect of God's love because God can always love us when we exist. And so his love actually his love doesn't grow or diminish anyway that's and that's the other mm-hmm. part of it is that god is infinite and you could have infinite number of people god would be happy with that because he wants more people to love and also to accept something that i this is unpopular uh this is something that uh bishop baron just came out and and uh in some heretical statements uh, concerning, well, I saw that. Yeah, the, or the number of people I, who I heard a podcast mm-hmm. might be in hell. Um, Jesus didn't give us a proportion, but he did say many people would would go to hell. And I think for a lot of us, that has to mean maybe maybe more than half. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we do know is that many people will go to hell, and that means there's a limited number of people who will eventually make it to heaven. The more people we have, the more people hopefully will make it to heaven, especially if it's good Catholic families having the people. Right. All that does is produce more for God to love. Um, we're not, God's not limited in what he can love and he wants as many people in heaven as possible. That's why he came down to die for us. And, and why that sacrifice is unlimited. Because he wants more and more people in heaven. That can only happen if we reproduce. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've talked before about the fact that, I mean, because a lot of people think we're in the end times. I kind of don't think so. I mean, it yeah, seems I, like I we're, so I go back and forth. I'm, but, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on that kind of sounds like end times, but I, my, I tend rather to believe that we're in the end of the beginning times. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I think. I, I Look, God, we, we're starting to get a handle on just how big the universe is. And, mm-hmm. and as you've pointed out, there's no reason to believe that it's not infinite. Um, that's all there for the greater glory of God. And we've barely just, we haven't really gotten past our own solar system yet. Yeah, in terms of any sort of exploration. So I'm thinking, and and think of it this way, like you said, God wants as many people in heaven as possible. And, you know, let's face it, heaven is, is, and, 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 you know, when we talk about heaven, we kind of, as Christians, we know it's, it's not just going to be like this space that everybody goes to. It's not like these weird uh, uh, Heaven's Gate people that believe they're going to be taken up with a spaceship and flown to some, you know, whatever. Uh, It's, we're going to, what we're going to do is enter a state where we are aware, we we are living in the beatific vision, seeing God as he is and aware of that, while at the same time, because we have bodies, we continue to live out a material existence in a universe that goes on forever. Yeah. But... I don't... Only the people who are in the church who are saved 
are going to be here for that universe. Well, so God wants as many people there as possible. And if you just think in terms of the bride of Christ that the church is, um, that is the body of those people who are going to be saved, why wouldn't you think that God would rather choose to get that project started near what is ultimately the very beginning of human history. I mean, we know that there was, uh, you know, at least several thousand years, if, if you're a young earther, you know, <laughs> yeah. 6,000 years, if you're a young earther before the coming of Christ. And so he's going to come and, and only give 2,000 years worth of his church developing and then it's all over? No, yeah, I that, would, that makes if, sense. If there's only 6,000 years, I'm thinking it's going to be 600,000 years before it's all over. Yeah. And if you're an old earther, uh, even more so. And it's even longer than that. Exactly. Probably right. so that's, going beyond our own I, planet, I think. Well, I'm just I, thinking, I think eventually yeah, in terms of, uh, we're going to find other places to live, and we're going to fill those up too. Why? Because God yeah. is infinite, <laughs> and he wants and he's, more people. And gosh, we're starting to discover uh, you know, exoplanets left and right anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, now, we also are starting to discover that, that Earth itself is rather peculiar as a planet. I think the more scientists, like, see and find these exoplanets and are able to... I mean, I mean it's hard right, to observe yeah. directly, but the, the little bit that they are able to get from them and the various models they come up with... I, I, They're I very the unlike that, Earth. Yeah, like, like Earth shouldn't exist. Yeah, um, the, the perfect distance from the sun, <laughs> the perfect amount of water... Uh, the perfect every the perfect uh, surrounding planets to keep asteroids from slamming into Earth constantly. Mm -hmm. um, right. The perfect moon. But even th even things like like for you know like for the models that they have for solar system formation, a planet like Earth should not form at this distance from the sun. Uh, Stuff yeah, like with that the, that, the, that they're finding the the amount of rock and metal and and air. It, yeah, everything mm -hmm. about the Earth is spectacular, but but nonetheless, I think we will find other Earth-like solar systems out there. Yeah, we've got billions <laughs> to go through, and yeah. we just in we our galaxy. We haven't gone to any of them yet, so I think right. God's got a lot longer for us. But regardless, I'm just pointing out that God's yeah, ability is... to love. An ability to compensate the number of people who get to heaven, I'm sure he wants a lot more than what's already been. So I, the idea that we should limit the population is ludicrous when the one thing he told us from the very start is, go have babies. Yep. First commandment ever given to a human. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. The, I guess the other directions that people come from is things like the planet's ability let's not even talk about the the whole climate change crowd yet just the planet's ability right. to produce food i guess in the 60s and 70s i can kind of see how people got scared when all the when when people started talking about this it was like oh no we're suddenly produced and they saw america especially americans because Americans mm -hmm. had this giant nation that was really not not very populated, you know? I mean, 
you've got cities, but you've got miles and miles between each city. But people yeah. were seeing the population grow inside the cities. And then they had these, these wonkers come on and tell them that the growth you're seeing is happening everywhere, all over the world. And within 10 years, we're not going to be able to produce enough food. And I don't, I don't know exactly the statistics they gave them because it, it depends on what year that you're talking about because they kept changing them and they kept changing the, the, uh, terrible things that were about to happen to us mm-hmm. and how long that was going to take. But I can see, right, right. I can see as America was growing how that might have scared some of them. But we know now that the more advanced we get, the more people we have, the better we are at producing food. And there's so much of the planet that isn't producing food right now. Right. And and we know that there are techniques for farming, tech, you know, te- technological and, and non-technical, you know, uh, let's call it technological and organic techniques yeah. to increase the density of food production, too. I mean, it's... It requires manual labor to do it. It's 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 not like you can just go out and 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 you know throw some technology on the ground and then it's going to produce it. But that's actually a good thing too because that involves people in the project, um, jobs, of farming, and and so forth. But yeah. but we know that there are ways to make food produce more densely um, than the older farming uh, practices. But you know, one of the questions is. Why, why did this lie get started? Why did somebody suddenly start saying, Oh, we're going to run out of room on this planet? Somebody at some time had to think this up and start talking about it. And I just, I sometimes wonder, first of all, why did it start? Second of all, why did it gain such popularity? Um, and I, I guess when I see right now people like, Bill Gates. Um, I, did you ever... I guess you don't watch King of the Hill. There was a King of the Hill episode. <laughs> no. Where, I keep um, thinking I should, but I know, because you send your, your your text messages out with quotes. Yeah. And I know it's going to be exact, exactly like every other time I say, oh, I'm going to watch this show because it seems funny. And, and then, then it's not going to be funny. Happens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh Okay, there's an episode where they go off to Montana to visit uh, Hank's wife's mother, who lives on a ranch in Montana. And the problem is they're going to close the ranch because in the surrounding area, the land is being bought up by movie stars who like the wide open spaces. And it's causing problems because they're not letting the cattle do what normal cattle normally, they're not letting them use their land to go through to get to the water or stuff like that. Um, Oh, right. But they had Henry Winkler on as a guest star and he had bought the property next to the Kings and he didn't want them, their cattle going through because it would get the water all muddy. And I guess that's kind of what the way I see these rich uh, people like Bill Gates, who are worried about overpopulation. But it's not really overpopulation. It's just that the more people we have, the more we have to spread out. So there are areas that are vast and open right now that will contain cities. 
and suburbs. Yes. Um, that's, that's what happened in America. America was one it giant would be wilderness. To not have to interact with people. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not that. <laughs> I understand you like nature, and we're always going to have vast nature filled lands, but. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, face You got cities. spaces that are just not, not fit for building, you know, cities yeah. and stuff in. But you got. It's my opinion that God created ecosystems to take care of land until human beings move in. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Great Plains yeah. had buffalo running through them, uh, helping the grass grow, and we killed off all the buffalo. Well, I don't, I don't think that was the greatest thing, but the fact is no. that land is great for cattle. But now it's great for cows, yeah. Um, now, we stopped putting them in fields, and we started raising them in tiny stalls, and I don't necessarily agree with the whole industrial farming technique or industrial right. meat growing but the fact is that land ought to be used by us to to farm or to, mm-hmm. to farm I, and i know we did farm, farm it with you know, grain for a while crops or cows or whatever and yeah. there's there's some evidence that the way we were farming brought about the dust bowl um I, I don't know I mean, how like, much I like, believe of like that. Not crop, not doing proper crop rotations, stuff like that. Things like that, not digging far down enough. But I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. it was a drought. Um, yeah, the that way created your corn that doesn't cause the rain to not come. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much I believe about. I think we had a terrible drought. We had like a ten-year drought. That's bad, no matter where you are. Uh, but it was really bad in the Dust Bowl because. The area was so big and flat so that these dust storms could get uh, built up and really make their way all the way to New York. But uh, either way, it was a temporary thing, and it's gone now. And not only that, we've discovered new ways to get water. We find underground water that we can tap into. Now, there's... Some people are saying that we're using that up and that it won't be there for long. I don't know how much I believe of that, but I do also know that we figured out how to make dams. We figured out how to store huge amounts of water. California doesn't do that. California is always on fire. But God made an ecosystem, and when we move in, that ecosystem is destroyed. But we make our own ecosystems. There's nothing wrong with that. I think nature's beautiful, but nature's there to take care of the land until we get there. God meant the land. God built the land for us. Why not go in and take it and use it and do what he wants us to do with it? To act like we ought to preserve as much as possible for being untouched by humans is idiotic. What's it there yeah, for if it's not for humans? It's it's there for us. You know, it's it's kind of weird. There's... That's like the there's there's an analogical um, idea that somehow we should not introduce isolated populations to the modern world, which is just as, as idiotic, especially for Christians. Yeah, like, it's, it's like oh, for some reason we we have to allow them to, even though they're humans, we have to allow them to believe that they're the only humans around and never introduce them to us 
Yeah, um, it's incredibly irresponsible and idiotic, and especially like you said for a Christian, um, you can let all those people go to hell. Yeah. Well, don't they know. deserve the shot at heaven that we have? Not that they can't go to heaven, but um, there's a better way and a more sure way. Can't shouldn't we give that to them? Don't they deserve well, that? And you know, let's be honest they they probably won't get to heaven without Christianity. Yeah, most of them probably will. As a matter of fact, when you find those kinds of cultures, like in the Amazon right now, there's murder everywhere. There's cannibalism. Mm-hmm. There's rape. All the bad things that happen that human beings do, they do it in those cultures too. Only more so. Right. Shouldn't we try so to, to save say, them? Say, well, let's let them go to waste as human beings. It's That's... kind of a similar thing to land that we have. Okay, wait. This land would be great for use as, you know, growing um, animals, feed animals, or as growing crops, or uh, as producing power, or whatever, to say, well, we got to preserve it pristine. That's just saying, hey, God, this this land you made for us, we're going to let it go to waste. Yeah, I mean the the areas of Africa that half the year are grassland, the other half are deserts. That mm-hmm. land could be put to farming. <clears throat> Or living, or anything else, uh, just by building dams and and using a, a, there's all kinds of ways we could use that land, but instead right. it's all parkland, and people are not allowed to use it. It's idiotic. It's like uh, I can't think of how many ways that's stupid, but that's what people do because it makes them feel good to see huge areas. That are untouched by humans. I will admit there's a certain beauty to it. But it's there for people. It's not there for one guy to sit and look at and enjoy. Or a few choice people who are rich and who can get out of the cities to live in. And that's the big thing that bothers me about this. Is that overpopulation, I think the real part of it is an elitist thing. And it's all about making more room for themselves so that they don't have to deal with us dirty city people who, uh, I think it's a class thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's all about class. And in undeveloped countries, all the people are on top of each other, but those countries often have huge amounts of land that could be used by those people. It's just not used because everybody's shoved into a city. And the worse, the more tyrannical a government gets, the worse that gets. The more unused the land gets. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. For instance, China. China is, China's huge. There are vast lands out there that are not being used simply because the government doesn't let them use it and uh, corrals everyone into cities. Which is what they're trying to do here in the U.S. Yeah, um, yeah, they want to force everybody into urban living, so that they have their wide open spaces for themselves. Yeah, and then they can say, "Well," and then it's much easier to convince someone that overpopulation is a problem when that person's life <laughs> is in the city. You, but you when you can't you're... go three steps without bumping into someone. 
Yeah. And when you got a job like mine where I'm driving, not flying, but driving from state to state, and I drive for hours without seeing a single house, it's like Mm -hmm. this whole overpopulation thing is is just stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. There's so much beautiful land out here. I mean, even the – and you and I are both – supporters of the national parks um, and yeah. the national forest designations and stuff like that. But even those programs, and, you know, largely uh, introduced uh, by Teddy Roosevelt, um, his mindset even was not one that, that we would classify as the kind of let's waste this land that God gave us. He introduced the national parks program so that Americans would always have places that they could enjoy going to hunt. Yeah, for free. Well, yeah. for now, of course, you can't do that anymore most, necessarily. But that was his idea hunt, behind but, it. Yeah, but even if you're not going to hunt, to just go hiking, uh, Daniel Boone right. National exactly. Forest, uh, yeah. for example, is a giant swath of land in the middle of Kentucky. Uh, there's these huge gorges. Uh, you also heard us talk about Red River Gorge. That's Daniel Boone National Forest. Um, mm-hmm. It's an amazing place. And we've been going there every year. And we haven't even covered half of the uh, scenic trails that you could get to in this place. Right. It there's, is an there's, amazing there's, place. There's our favorites. We, we like Every year we'll, we'll hit one or two that we've done before. And try a couple more that we haven't done yet. Yeah. And again, we're not even close to getting going all the way through this place. Now, um, somewhere clo- not not too far away from Daniel Boone National Forest is Lake Cumberland. Mm-hmm. Lake Cumberland was an area much like Daniel Boone Forest. It oh, was a giant up. gorge. Yeah. They mm-hmm. put a dam up. And now there's a ginormous lake. Where people, where all kinds of other life happens, you know, there's fishing and boating and swimming and all the things you could think of that you would do at a giant lake. There's just as much wildlife. It's just different wildlife. It's not the same wildlife that was there, but it also provides water and energy for millions of people. So again, you know, here's the land. And if you go to either one of these parks, whether you're on the lake or hiking through the forest, you don't have to have a whole lot of money. You know, I mean, I, I guess if you're going to go on the lake, you got to have a boat or be able to rent yeah, a boat. Yeah, I mean, if you want to rent a boat, but that, that costs money. Like if you get one of the marina. Yeah. You know. But it, it's not an amazing amount of money. It's a couple right. guys could go in together and, and blow a couple hundred bucks and that's it. As far as the hiking goes, you go for free. You just... Uh, if yeah. you're going to stay the night, you got to buy a little tag for 20 bucks and, but it, it's all free. And that's what the national parks were supposed to be like, uh, mm-hmm. for us to use and be able to visit nature. But this whole deal where we're going to buy a whole state and not allow anyone to develop anything on it just yeah. so it sits there and does nothing. That's, it's that's, insane. That's ridiculous. And again, this is all about a certain class of people being able to enjoy it so that they don't have to see the rest of us moving in. Um, a lot of these lands should... Okay, Africa. Africa should be covered in suburbs. 
And it could be. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I guess, you know, various nations have various ways of doing it. So the different governments might not always cooperate with each other. But some of the bigger ones could very easily dam their rivers, start farming, and start cultivating the land so that it's useful for people. They could become very rich nations. And on top of that, have a lot of people in them that becomes a military force. And on top of that, I, it would interrupt some of the migration of some of the animals. Like, you know, they've got those herds of millions of, uh, what do they call them? Buffalo type things that. Oh, the that bison? Not the bison, but they're, they're smaller. Uh, oh, I don't even I, know that. I, you do. If I say the word, you'll know. Uh, um, emus? No, no, no. That's the no, bird. Um, um, I'm looking at a the, picture um, of it, and I can't... Shoot. Uh, wildebeest. Oh, wildebeest. wildebeest. Okay. Yeah, they've got millions of wildebeest uh, roaming throughout the land, chasing the water. Well, if they put up dams, it might interrupt some of those migrations. But the thing is, those wildebeest wouldn't have to migrate. They could stay in one spot, and you could still have the wildebeest. You just wouldn't have five billion of them. And then you would have less lions and less hyenas. You still have some, but you wouldn't have it to the point where it's a danger to human beings. You can have much like it, it, it is in America with the Alaskan bears that are kept under control. We, we've got plenty of bears. There's no shortage of bears. But they're not constantly eating human beings. And they could have that in Africa. But they don't yep. because I think what happens is the uh I think I think the corruption in the government causes the park lands to get out of control to where they, they control more and more land and won't let people develop it. And it keeps people poor. And that's why there's so much mm-hmm. poverty in Africa. Because if you look on a map that shows you where is parkland and where is not parkland, seems like most of Africa is parkland. If it's not wow. a city, I've it's a park. I've never even looked at something like that. Giant, I've never even like, considered the idea of parkland in Africa. Yeah, yeah it, it's almost sense. all parkland. All the Congo, uh, the Sahara Desert. It, it's all park, and it's useful. It's it's not being used, but it's very useful land. And even Mm -hmm. land that's not being used, or even land that doesn't look like good farming land, look in China where they have these, a whole mountain covered in these little plateaus, all man-made to grow rice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could see that in nature shows too. And it's like, we, we find all kinds of ways to develop land to use it to make food. There is no limitation here on the amount of food we could make, the... I guess the other part of this is that, well, then there would be a lot of carbon dioxide. I wonder how well, so many people swallowed the carbon dioxide lie. The more how? land you farm, the less carbon dioxide there will be because plants need right. carbon dioxide. They eat it up. They consume it. Yeah. And creating a lot more carbon dioxide is one of the things we would have to do one of the things that we should be doing to make the land produce more food. Yep. 
I think I think we actually should have a world that's about you know at least three times, maybe ten times as rich in carbon dioxide as it currently is to produce the amount of uh, plant life that our planet ought to be able to hold. Yeah. And of course, eventually you get around to, uh, well, you know, it's making the planet hotter and, uh, look, we've, uh, we've talked about that a thousand times. Uh, yeah. There is so much land right now that cannot be farmed because it's too cold or it can only grow certain crops that will only grow in the cold. Uh, heating the planet up is not going to destroy anything. It's going to make, it's going to give us more food. If we could heat this planet up two degrees, I'll bet you we'd have twice as much farmable land. <laughs> the only thing it's going to destroy is the coastal homes that rich people have. Yeah, who cares? Like, we care whether or not they get to live on the, the coast. And it's not like the coast disappears. Yeah, it, it just, just moves, moves a little. So what? <laughs> so Obama loses his uh, beach house. Who cares? I say move it. I say let it happen. But the fact is, Obama doesn't believe in any of this crap. That's why he owns beach houses, or I don't know if he yeah. specifically owns beach houses, but that's why rich he people owns a own beach house. homes right on the sea because they know this stuff isn't going to happen. Yeah, the, the the people who are screaming loudest about this and tell us and warn us that in 10 years the, the coastline's going to move, those are the people who own those homes. And they're not doing it to protect their homes. They don't. They know that it's not. They wouldn't have bought it there if they were worried if about that. If they thought that. it was a real danger, they'd have bought homes elsewhere by now. Yeah. So the I you know we're getting back into environmentalism. I guess because the whole yeah, theory true. of that's overpopulation true. kind of revolves around that, or they revolve around each other. But the big point here is that we're nowhere near overpopulated. We have a lot of people who are stuffed into very small cities. Sometimes you find out that a lot of those people want to be in those cities. Like if you yeah, go to New York, enjoy the the bustle of of. I mean, think of it like, okay, we come from and and have large families, and when there's a lot of people around and a lot of activity, it's enjoyable to us. Yeah, you know, of course family people and, and activities that are like in the home and that kind of stuff. Well, there are people who derive that same comfort or even have that same need, uh, but a different kind of activity and a different kind of people. It's not necessarily family. It, mm -hmm. it might be total strangers, but just the, the fact of having a bunch of people around them all doing stuff. There are people that that's, that's just, you know, the, the world that they, want to be in yeah well i mean you watch say sitcoms that are filmed in new york or supposed to be filmed in new i'm thinking specifically how i met your mother um how they make fun of the country bumpkins um mm -hmm. yeah I, okay that tell it's obvious they want to be there in this overpopulated city they don't want to be anywhere else yeah what they want is to be able to visit somewhere else where there won't be any people. And then yeah. the few people, but here's the thing. They don't understand that to own that kind of land and to live in that kind of way, um, 
for most of the human population takes a lot of work. Whereas rich people want to go there and have all the work done for them by someone else, and it's a lot different. Um, you know, Farmer Joe is not the same guy as the Bill Gates buying out a giant farmland and then, well, of course, he doesn't even farm it. He, he's been buying up farmland and letting it go to waste. He's been buying yeah. farms and not farming. He is part of the problem right now of lack of food because he keeps buying yeah. farms and then doesn't farm. Um, I understand China's buying a lot of American land, too. That's I don't know how true I that heard. is. Is it China's uh, Chinese interest or the Chinese government, maybe? I don't know yeah. which is because... I don't know that there's a distinction, um, but uh, I don't know that there's a difference, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've heard that, that they're becoming like the uh, the largest owner of American farmland, which is really scary. Yeah, very scary. Between the Chinese and Bill Gates... Um, and then all of our food processing plants apparently blowing up and burning down. And I don't know, I'd say we got, we got a hard time coming. And the first thing they're going to say is, see, see, we're overpopulated. <laughs> and and now they're trying to, now they're trying to feed us bugs. Have you seen that? No. Some of the stores are introducing cricket powder and Trying to say that the most nutritious thing to eat are crickets. Um, so they dry out crickets and grind them into powder? I guess that's what they and do. What you, like make make shakes out of them or something? I don't know. But they're trying to dissuade people from eating meat because cow farts destroy the planet and instead eat insects. I, it's so... <laughs> the whole thing is so bizarre. Um, but... Huh. I think I would go back to the fact that the elites want a big, empty space that they can go and be. And they don't want it to be farmed. They just want it to be. Whereas thousands of people would love to move out of city and have a small farm. I hear people say that all the time. Oh, I'd love to have a little farm. Maybe that's just like, maybe they're just wishing they could go to a place and relax in the country and they don't know that... Farms yeah. actually require I, I think work. One in a hundred of them, if they had to actually work a farm for a week, would stick with it. Yeah, but either way, there are plenty of people who are stuck in cities who can't get out of cities. Um, yeah, don't necessarily want to be. Yeah, but and so know, I, I could don't see think it's I, I don't just know. about wanting to have a place where they can go that there's nobody there. I think. I mean, when you talk about the elites, you know, you, in um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, obviously, you know, like Bill Gates comes to mind. I don't think he's buying farmland so that he can have a place to, to go, I, I don't know, walk, walk around and, and contemplate nature or whatever. I think right. I think there's a more specific plan at play that has to do with how to maintain control of populations. How to maintain control, but there's also... I don't mean a, a, they a number want, of population. I mean how yeah. to maintain control of people. I know what you mean. And I think that's there. But there is still a, a feeling among the elites that there are too many people. And they want yeah, less people. And I think, I think ultimately this is diabolical. I think, I think this is something from the devil himself. Yep. To 
have less people. I agree wholeheartedly. Why? Because God wants more people. That's why. Yeah. I think it's just in a, a direct affront to God's will. And I think as Catholics, we should be fighting it. And yeah, I think that means breeding like rabbits when, should, when impossible. Yeah, we, should, we should be doing our, our, uh, our part uh, to, to um, as much as possible populate the world and populate the world with Catholics. With, with good people who, who are I mean, raised it's, it's up not in the just TLM. About popping out babies, but it's about raising those children too. Yeah, and, and the more good people we have, the better the world will be. The world's good when there's a lot of good people. When there's a lot of bad people, the world's bad. Right now, there's a lot of bad people. Um, we've got to shift the uh, the balance, shift the ratio. Yeah, we've got to having a lot of children and then raising them to be good. Despite what Pope Francis says. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, the uh, I guess Bishop Barron came out and said that that uh, we were. Ref- I said something about this, but we didn't actually say what he had said. He had said that there's right. a reasonable hope that hell will be empty. And there's no reasonable hope that hell will be empty. He also acted yeah. like there's some kind of weird psychopath pleasure when Catholics correct him. Like, like I'm oh, glad yeah, that like, I can like, protect... Like, we're gleeful that only a few people are going to be saved, or something like that. Yeah, that's... Like we take pleasure in the fact that a bunch of people are going to hell. Which is so weird considering most people who are what you'd call on our side of this are trying in every way possible to make it so that more people get to heaven. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Now, you know, one of the things, it's like, okay... It, it maybe may not very Christian, but from here, you know, this side of the eschaton or eschaton or whatever they call it, um, we um, perhaps incorrectly, uh, but we might like take a certain pleasure in the idea that, for example, um, uh, a uh, a Stalin or or a Mao Zedong is probably in hell. Oh, um, yeah. Now, the thing is, I know that, that uh, like, St. Augustine and, for example, St. Thomas Aquinas, I think, also both believe that on the other side of the eschaton, one of the joys of the faithful who are in heaven will be knowing and witnessing the torture is in hell of those who opposed God. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's true, but... Those are two great philosophical saints who believed that. Well, uh, I think Bishop Barron specifically mentioned St. Augustine. And, and that might be where he's getting that. But St. Augustine isn't, isn't being gleeful over the loss of souls around him right now. St. Augustine is just pointing out that on the far side of the eschaton, or eschaton we, will be, we will know why those souls who are in hell, are in hell. We will know why that is a proper fulfillment of God's justice, and we will revel in God's justice. Yeah. How could we, that is how true. Could we not? That how is true. Not? So, you know, I think that... Yeah. And then I think... And then Bishop Barron is taking that idea and twisting it into, like, we're some kind of sickos. 
I don't think that's it at all, though. I think I don't think he's even deep enough to think that far. I think he is. Uh, he's. It, this is a pre-strike against those who would look at what he says and say, "Well, look, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're wrong. Yeah. There is zero percent chance of you wrong. being correct. There's just yeah. you happen to be wrong, and I guess there is a little bit of smugness that comes in when." When you've got uh, bishops who have done Jesus such himself. a poor job yeah. of hurting the church and hurting the sheep, who are so bad, and finding yourself on the right side of things. And it's someone mm-hmm. like Bishop Barron. Um, it's kind of weird because you know, I mean, he's he, done he, such he a... He became popular for this... Uh, so-called series that he developed of, uh, you know, about the Catholic faith. And I was always very underimpressed with that. I mean, and, and here's why. Because if a bishop is going to go say, hey, because uh, you know, he, like, had some meeting with the Pope. I forget if it was Francis or Benedict. Um, but, you know, he basically said, hey, kind of gave him the project of taking that faith he had and then getting it out there, evangelizing, whatever. Yeah. And so he developed this series on the Catholic faith that, that you know, was out of a series of videos and stuff. But um, to me, if a bishop's going to do that, then you do that and then you disse- disseminate it as widely as possible. How do you do that? You don't put a copyright on it. Oh, yeah. But what yeah, he there's... did was he developed it and then sold it. Now it's a commercial product. It's a commercial endeavor, not the spreading of the faith. You know, not one of the apostles ever charged a dime for letting people hear them speak. Yeah. Does he really sell things? I don't even know. We're talking about Bishop Barron, right? His initial thing was like, you know... I, and I understand that there's there's a production aspect that has to go through the production and get the, the DVDs made and that kind of stuff, but you had to buy it. But it was copyrighted, so parishes weren't allowed to just make copies and share them with each other. I see. Okay, yeah, he's got a lot of crap that's for sale. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, he's just another commercial hack. Hell, it looks like he's, he's got a... He's a bishop who's gone commercial. He's got a perfume, it looks like. You gotta be kidding me. Scent story. It is said that Bishop Baron Vertical. I, Maybe it's it looks not like him. a. It's. I think so. May, it you said Baron be Bishop. No. Okay. B a r r o n. This is something different. Okay. 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 Good. Good. You, you, I mean, I was. <laughs> this scared me a little bit. Really? Yeah. Smelling perfume. And I, I could even understand, like, like. A product, like for example, Mystic Monk coffee. They yeah. grow the coffee beans, they roast them in their monastery because part of the, the monastic life is labor and prayer. And so then in order to, you know, kind of support their efforts, they sell the fruit of their labor. Okay, but that's not, that's not the faith. That's not evangelization. That's a specific physical thing. You can only sell it once. It's not like, yeah. you know, I could go out and, and make like coffee bean faxes or something like that of each other. Um, but when when a bishop goes out and creates a, a teaching tool, a, a evangelical uh, message and a um, explication of the faith, 
that bishop has no business slapping a price tag and a copyright right. on that. Look, when you've got a bishop who is not leading men to God, instead seems to be leading them in the other direction, who on on the national stage told a Jewish man, no, you do not need to change your faith in order to get to heaven. <laughs> yeah. I do take a certain amount of pleasure in finding something solid that I could say, no, see, you're that wrong. so completely wrong about it. I yeah, can show true. you how you're that's wrong. True. You're wrong. And, and that's very different than taking a pleasure at people going to hell. If you listen to you know what I mean? some of our podcasts about say things like abortion um one of the one of the things we lament the most is the fact that women who do this first of all we don't know what happens to these babies but the women who go through that and who end up killing their child whether it's just because they don't care or because of despair can very easily end up in hell and the whole idea here is that we don't want people to go to hell. That's I don't I don't think anyone takes glee in the fact that so many people go to hell. I don't think Yeah. I don't think anybody likes that. I think he's wrong. I think it was more just a I'm going to punch back because I know I'm going to be punched for this because I'm so wrong and I'm going to throw a quick punch back so that if anyone does point out how wrong I am then mm-hmm. uh, I will have taken care of that already by saying, oh, right. you're just happy that people are going to hell. I think that's all that was. Yeah, that, that could be. So, I don't know. Um, I guess the reason I brought that up is, again, the fact that there are people in hell. God doesn't want people in hell. He wants people in heaven instead. And the more people we can get to heaven, we're coming back to the beginning point, the better. And the only way to do that is to have more people, and we don't need to worry about the Earth's ability to hold people and nourish people. As a matter of fact, if it got to that point, then what do you think would happen? People would starve. And then what? There would be less people. Well, that was like an early, um, well, early 19th, late um, 18th century. Um, You've heard of Malthusianism or... No, like there was a um, Thomas Malthus, I think is his name, um, kind of developed this this theory that eventually, because the human race kept growing, there would be widespread starvation and famine and and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. This was this, and he like first laid this theory out in in the late like like seventeen ninety something. Okay, um, I mean, right at, right. Pretty soon after the founding of, of America. Um, and I think that is what got picked back up in the 1960s um, as the um, sort of the so-called science behind the population bomb concept. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just pointing out that if that did happen, then then the the problem would have kind of a natural... Up and down, wouldn't it? It's a problem that would take care of itself in a sense, yeah. Yeah, so who cares? Okay, so we get so many people that we can't feed, and some people don't, because of malnourishment, people end up dying, and then we'll have less people. Uh, Or just not reproducing. 
Yeah, or not reproducing because pornography gets so big that people stop looking for wives and husbands and <laughs> yeah, um, that too. No, but now now there are some who who would listen to what we're saying now and say, "Okay, but you're missing the point because you're simply being glib about the idea that that human suffering will end up being the solution to the problem when if we practiced birth control now and limited the population growth, we could avoid that human suffering in the future. Okay. Well, you're right. I was being glib. Um, I don't think it works that way. But I mean, I, it doesn't I don't work think we need way. to worry about that. I, I, I really I'm, don't. I'm truly not worried about the world getting to that point because right. the more people there are, the more we seem to be able to produce all the things we need. Yeah. People solve problems. More people solve more problems. And again, I do I do believe someday we will conquer space. But more people solve more problems faster. That's why. Yeah. That's why technology accelerates as the population grows. Yeah. That's why it's a feedback loop. You Look, we've got people out there who think that the solution to overpopulation, which isn't a problem at all, I mean, if it's just that you don't like living this crowded, then move to the country. There's plenty of space. But it, if you think this is a problem, and you think going to Mars and turning that into a place that's livable is the solution, why don't you just... Instead of going all the way to Mars, why don't you go to the uh, desert and just start there? Say, hmm, yeah. how can we like make this livable? Desert, like the Gobi Desert or something like yeah. that. Like, go somewhere. Cold deserts. Cold or hot, make them livable. I'm just Things thinking, yeah, can be that, done. That, yeah, exactly. Put your project into something like that. I mean, what if some of these lands became arable? Oh, wait a minute. How could we do that? Maybe if we could warm up. The northern we can warm up the, the earth. The, <laughs> warm <laughs> up the earth, or but I'm just saying that there are areas all over that are unlivable. Make them livable. That you can work on making livable. Yeah, as not necessarily areas. the the same project, no. but just the no the idea of making something livable that can happen mm-hmm. all over this planet. Yeah. And there's no reason to go to Mars to do this. It's idiotic to think that's a solution to anything. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's, um, there's different kinds of people who've, who have swallowed the overpopulation bait. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a group of elites who know that overpopulation is a myth, except that they don't want as many people to be here. There's another group who are spreading the lie just to make things more manageable, to get everybody into cities and to control them better. I think there's, there's say the bottom of the barrel, people who, people who, for instance, would believe that the earth is flat, people who are just not real bright. And Mm -hmm. okay. These are the kinds of the, the, uh, the guys who were in the FBI, um, the governor kidnapping thing, Speaking right. of which, that that's coming up in the news. Um, anyway, okay. right? These guys were these they, guys they were, were idiots. pothead idiots. They yeah. 
they get together every now and then and they brag about, I don't know, doing something that they think is somehow going to save their state. And Probably while smoking dope. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, the FBI came in and saw how they could take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people who believe in overpopulation are like that. They're just really, really dumb. Kind of flat earthers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a middle ground here, and I, I don't quite know how to place them. Why? Is it just because it's been pushed in their heads since they were born that there's too many people? Why are they swallowing this? That's what I can't figure out. Because I know people who are somewhat intelligent, mm-hmm. and yet they fall for this. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, because I, I, I was trying to find who pro- first proposed overpopulation, and I was thinking, you know, somebody in the 50s or 60s, something like that, that's when I came up with this Thomas Malthus, who I mm-hmm. remembered, oh yeah, he he was talking about that way back before any of this. But uh, there was this link, um, the myth of overpopulation and the folks who brought it to you. And the very first paragraph uh, says... The claim that the world will become dangerously overpopulated has never been true. It was false when first postulated in the 19th century. That's Thomas Malthus. It was Mm -hmm. false when the population bomb was first published in the 1960s. It is false now. That this theory is still taught in grade schools all over the world, and I think that's the problem. Even today, does not make it any truer. It remains a false theory. Now, here's... And I think that... To me, that one, I, that it, it is taught in grade schools. And I think that's why there's so many people. Because in grade school, you're in that mindset of receptivity. You believe what you're taught. You, yeah. You, you, you go through this phase of unquestioningness. And then once you reach the stage where you, maybe you do start questioning stuff, well, you can't go back and question everything that you were ever told and reconfirm everything. Right. And so for a certain number of people, this is one of those things that just got planted in during that time and they've never bothered to go back and re-question it. But here's here's the interesting thing that this is kind of ironic and rich. This this paper that I just read that first paragraph from uh-huh. is on the USCCB's website. Huh. Take that, Pope Francis. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have expected that from the USCCB. I wouldn't have either. You never know with these guys. That's right. Anyway, so I, I but but I think that answers your uh, question about that middle group. It's simply that that these are people who this is what they were told when they were in that receptive stage, you know, during grade school and. It just happens to be one of those things that they never went back and re-examined. I guess so. And I guess um, it's hard for me to envision that because we were, <laughs> we're, because we were brought up to question everything we're told, no matter what it is. There's, yeah. should I, I'm not going to swallow this without looking into it. But I do remember... Um, I don't know what grade I was in, maybe fourth or fifth grade, maybe later, sixth or seventh. Um, I was reading, uh, Dad had these books with very colorful photos. I think it was published by Time Life. 
and uh, mm-hmm. there was one on evolution, and I was looking at a picture of a baboon, and I was commenting to mom. I said, "Look at this. You can see how this baboon kind of came from this dog." I was talking about the the oh, relation dog. between dogs and baboons. Yeah. If you look at their snouts, they look a lot yeah, it alike. Yeah, looks like a dog snout. That's right. Um, and she just said, "I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't believe in evolution." I said, "What?" I mean, <laughs> yeah, I had like, never heard <laughs> of anyone not believing in evolution. It never occurred to me that somebody doesn't believe in evolution. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? And uh, we got into an argument, and I guess. It was like a week long where I'm like, how can she not believe it? Everybody says it. All the scientists. (laughs) Yeah, I kept coming. She never answered any of my, like, scientific uh, questions. Right. She just, well, I just don't believe in it. And then I started, I thought I got to prove her wrong somehow. That's why I started reading about it. And Mm -hmm. we happened in the house to have a bunch of books about it. So I started reading them, and I thought, oh, wow, I've been taken for a ride. And I guess <laughs> from that point on, I anything that any school told me, I questioned from the very start. I thought, well, I don't mm-hmm. know about this. I should check into it. and uh, I, could, I should find out if there's a reason not to believe this. And I found yeah. out that a lot of the stuff that the school says, I have reason not to believe. But... I guess not everyone has that kind of uh, that that either experience or um, the thing is when when mom said yeah I don't I don't actually believe that it that mattered to you yeah some people aren't born with that that idea that wait a minute that that we have to agree on the truth yeah I guess you're right some people people. Well, you you think what you think, and I think what I think. Whereas my thing is, no. If I'm right, you got to agree with me. Yeah, this is truth, <laughs> and yeah. we both need to recognize it. You can't be my mom and not recognize truth, and I can't be your son and not recognize. There has to be, one of us is right. One of us has to be right. Which one is it? And mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, I guess that, some it, people never, some people think it's opinion. They don't have that. They don't have that. It's it's just not part of their character. Well, I believe in God, and you don't. Um, to them, it's like saying, I like blue, and you like yellow. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Right. No, it's not. They, One of they, us is... They're not the same thing. <laughs> this is an opinion. And I, I remember uh, in school, I think it was in high school when I went to Hughes, uh, we started talking about that, and she, the teacher kept referring to it as opinion. And I kept saying, this isn't opinion. God either exists or he doesn't. There's Yeah, it's a question of truth. <laughs> it's a belief, but it's not an opinion. And I an could not... An opinion is chocolate tastes better than vanilla ice cream. Yeah, I couldn't explain this to the teacher. Mm-hmm. I, they would not understand what the difference was. Well, you know, what's interesting is that when we went to school and learned the distinction between fact and opinion we learned you know that opinion is something that is equally true for everybody who has one even when they are disparate 
Um, you know, I say vanilla is better. You say chocolate's better. Well, those two statements contradict, but we're both right because that's the nature of an opinion that it's personal. Yeah. Whereas a fact is in reference to an external thing. It didn't actually used to be that way in the pre-enlightenment concept of discourse. An opinion was a proposition about the real world that somebody held and then would set out to defend against other propositions. But it, it was understood that there is a real world out there that you're, you're trying to match and then express in your opinions. And that's, and I don't even think people had like a category for things like, you know, questions of taste and that kind of stuff. Yeah. If those were, you know, I think considered so unfit for even momentary consideration that nobody bothered to categorize them. And and so, and you know what I mean? But now we have this ambiguity. So we have this old way of referring to, matters of deep discourse as opinions but then this new modern concept of an opinion as merely an individual taste and people conflate those and then take comfort from the idea that oh therefore it must not matter i don't really have to resolve whether or not god exists because that's an opinion well okay that that would make a lot of sense and i guess somehow that boils over into overpopulation. Yeah. I Some people so. <laughs> are of the opinion that the world is overpopulated and um, even though it's fairly easy to show that it isn't. Yeah, you can take them on a ride through the countryside and say, look, we've been driving for an hour and a half. We might see an occasional farmhouse, but look how much is open. We're not overpopulated. Yeah, but, how many but more we will be plunked down in this area. Yeah, and it's like, well, we will be. Uh, some areas are overpopulated. I don't... I, you tell me, how long has London been there? How long has England been there? There's no farmland in England? Or Paris. That's, yeah, all these lands. They act like... If, if the theories on overpopulation were true, then those areas would be one giant city. Yeah. There wouldn't be suburbs or... Con- farmland or anything in those it would all just be a giant city and africa even more so because mm-hmm. that according to evolutionists that's where we started so africa would be just the whole continent like, one giant city populated and but it's not it's sparse and there's hardly anyone living there and right uh look i guess we have to keep going back to the fact that God wants us to reproduce. And he wants us to raise our children to love him so that he can get them to heaven and love them back. Or love them back before they're in heaven. Either way, he wants them in heaven. And we should want them in heaven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I remember once I said to my boss, I said, I've never met anyone from a big family who wished they weren't from a big family. And my boss said, I do. And I said, you're from a big family? She said, yeah. And you would have rather been like an only child or only have one sibling? She said, yeah. Now, later I found out her big family is five. There were five kids. Oh. 
That's not big, but that's I know that's just getting started. That's growing. <laughs> that's but, that's a growing um, family. That's not a big family. <laughs> you know, and it, I guess it wasn't that, that she doesn't of, like. There's that the big pocket, family, isn't there? Where, yeah, like, but like three to five, it's like small. That's kind of a weird number. Carry a selfishness through. Yeah, um, you get into six, seven, and eight. And it's it. it there's a dynamic that changes. But the thing is, it's not that she didn't like being from a big family. She just didn't like her family. Like oh, the members. Okay. That's a different thing, too. And <clears throat> um, I don't think I could have made her see that. But yeah. when I heard her talk about her sister or her mom, that's what I heard. It's like, you just you just don't like them. And It's not that you maybe, like how many of them there are. Yeah, maybe for good reason. I don't know, but um, yeah, that makes. I sense. still insist I'm right. I don't. I don't think no, people I, from big I families right. wish they weren't from big families. I know a lot of old people who lament the fact that they didn't have more kids. When yeah. you go visit old folks in old folks' homes, oh, you'll hear that right. a lot. Mm-hmm. You'll hear it an awful lot, and it's sad yeah. because it's like, well. Not all of you, but I know some of you could have had more kids, and you chose not to. And that's why you're in the position you're in. I say, if you've got working reproductive organs, use them. Yeah. You get, will not get, regret get it first, later in life. But go have kids. Get married. That's right. Use them. And 30 years from now, the, 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 the real work will be over, and you'll get the benefits. There's a lot of work, but it's worth it. I can't think of much more I got to say. Are, are we going to do any of, of uh, or is it, could, would it be cheesy to do any of the stats? Like, Oh, well, do you have any? I couldn't find any. Other well, than, I mean, things. I remember but, that well, at, at one time everybody could fit into the state of Florida. And I thought, well, that's, that's a pretty good one to me. But then I thought, well, are they like shoved up against each other? And then I found out, first of all, everybody could fit in the state of uh, Rhode Island. I didn't mean Florida, I meant Texas. Um, Oh, right. Everybody could fit in Texas with 0.2 acres to to live on. That's that's not that many. But you have some acres to live on. See, are you talking about per family or... Because what I've got is if you take 9 billion people and you just plunked all 9 billion of them down in Texas, each one would have about 200 square feet. 200 square feet. Them. Yeah. So okay. Like, you know, uh, that's, say that's, like 13 by 13 by 13 yeah, area. Yeah, that's... Around, like a room. Each one would have a, a room size area around them between them and the next person. All 9 billion people in the world... In the state of Texas. That's a lot of room to me. Mm-hmm. Considering how That's small Texas amount. is compared to the rest of the world. And considering the fact that um, a lot of... Because we know how to build things, a lot of those people could be stacked up on top of each other. Yeah, we need vertical houses and stuff. I mean, we're not, we're not suggesting that there could be some kind of weird, you know, workable thing of moving everybody into texas We're right pointing out i'm just saying how that much space on the world there is compared to how many people there are yeah yeah 
But you had some uh, statistics concerning farming. Well, there, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of looked up. So I found a thing that was like showed worldwide arable land. And by arable, I think they mean actively farmed. I don't think they mean potentially arable because we've talked about how there's so much land out there. Probably a hundred times as much land as is farmed right now could be yeah. turned into farmable land if, yeah. if you know people undertook that project. But just the farm farmed land right now, uh, and going on the statistic of about 2.67 acres of consumption per person, um, we need about 3 billion acres of farmable land to support the current human population of 9 billion, but there is about 8 billion acres of farmed land in the world right now. So we're already at a point where, you know, two and a half, we've got enough farmed land right now to support at least two and a half times our current population. And with all of that land that could be turned into arable land, I, I, don't, I don't see that there's any reason from a food production point of view to be concerned about the Earth's ability to support a growing human population. In fact, right. what, what made me start thinking about that is, um, you know, we, we had heard about overpopulation questions and theories and this kind of, you know, going into high school and everything. Yeah. And there was this high school biology teacher I had in, in my, I want to say sophomore year of high school, let's say. He was not, uh, I don't have any reason to think that he, even though I went to a Catholic high school, he should have been Catholic, Christian, whatever. Uh, but I don't think he was. I think he was a, a fairly liberal guy. He, he was, you know, he was in the Peace Corps kind of thing, that kind of guy. But it was a, you know, he was a biologist and he was our biology teacher. Mm-hmm. And he made a, a point during, you know, he took like the second half of a class and made a point of talking about food production versus the human population. And um, the end result that he got us to was that there's not even close to the human population outstripping Earth's food production. And that we don't even, there's not even close to the Earth's population outstripping the ability to transport food safely to the people who need it. The only thing there's lacking, and and here's where I think maybe he was a little bit of a liberal, the only thing that's lacking is the money to get it there. There's no reason that a single human in the entire world has to starve except for lack of money. Now, of course, we realize, and we've referred to earlier, that what often goes on isn't a question of the lack of money in terms of uh, either people's charitable willingness or anything else. It has to do with, with, with governments and regimes and, and tribal leaders and warlords and so forth doing what they needed to do to control their populations. That And that's you know, manufactured famines and so on and so forth. That's what really goes on. But he, this was not a guy coming from a conservative position as far as I believed then. And as far as I've ever been able to determine since then. And he was making the point, there's more than enough food to go around. Yeah. But you know, you know, the other thing I always bring up and, and as the population grows, I have to keep checking this because it's, it's, on the verge of being where, depending on what you consider the average person, 
it's on the verge of may, maybe being not, you know, to, to the point where it's starting to stretch. Um, but it, it, this is something like Dad mentioned, and I thought, oh, no way. Um, you know, when I was in in high school, but I went and checked yeah. it. Yeah, he's right. The entire population of the world could fit in one cubic mile. Really? Yeah. So, so what do you think the average? You've got some men, grown men, and then you've got a bunch of kids, little kids, and then you've got people who are pygmies and all that kind of stuff. What do you think the average height of a person is? Um, I don't know, five feet maybe? Okay, five feet. What do you think the average shoulder width across of a person is? Uh, two feet. Okay, two feet. I think it's more like 18 inches, but let's go with two feet. Okay. And then front to back, average. Um, I don't know, uh, eight inches, six inches. I don't know. Okay, I let's guess, say point. Let's see, my feet. Point, my, okay, my feet are point feet seven long, five foot long. Huh? You're what? My feet. Okay, are let's say a foot. foot. Long. Let's let's okay. give it a foot. Okay, a foot. So five average human, and this this is an average of all the little itty bitty babies, the kids, adults, pygmies, yeah. tall people, whatever. Five by two by one foot. Okay. Times nine billion people. Okay. Now, uh, and that gives us, you know, because it's 10 cubic feet then, and that gives us 90 billion cubic feet of space that all the people in the world would take up. Now, let's do miles. 5,280 five, times 5,280 times 5,280. 147 billion. You've kind of lost me. Okay, so the point is that if we take a mile times a mile times a mile, that's a cubic mile. Okay. That's 147 billion cubic feet. Okay. But we just calculated that you only need 90 billion feet to fit the whole human population in. If you were going to like... Pack them I in. See. Not quite, not quite like sardines. Yeah. But, well, you know, shoulder to shoulder, chest to back, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can, okay. I can go for that. The One whole cubic human mile. population. In fact, um, let's go ahead and figure out where the if we go with our average of five by two by one, um, it comes out that up to fourteen billion people would fit into that one cubic mile. So uh, so we've got a lot of room for growth. I would yeah. say and I don't, that... I don't, I don't know why a when, cubic mile would be any kind of like a measure of, <laughs> of like room for growth in the earth. It's just, it's like a surprising thing. It is a surprising thing. Yeah, the whole human population will fit within one cubic mile. It's like, ah, no, that doesn't sound right. And you go do the math and, yep, sure it is. Yeah. And I it'll guess, be that um, way for probably a couple more years. Somewhere along the line, we stopped looking at human life as a gift. And started and looking at it as a cost. Some kind of scourge, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, my son gave me a uh, one of those sonogram pictures, um, showed me a sonogram of his growing baby. Um, mm-hmm. And I could see the, the feet real well yeah now, she's hardly she's not even showing she's just barely starting to show now and you know it, it reminded me of the little feet pins 
that yeah, people yeah, used the, to wear. The pro-life feet. <clears throat> because that was, as small as it was, that was the actual size of little feet. And I just, I, I start, I haven't seen, I haven't been able to hold a baby in a while because I, you know, we haven't had any babies in the family for a while. So I'm looking forward to this baby being born. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I, I'm astonished that people don't look at human babies as a gift, as a, as a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... even during hardship time, I mean, it's like, even when you don't have the money for it, I had another, one of my sons said to me, I don't understand how anyone could afford to have a baby. I said, I don't either. And yet we keep doing it. So. <laughs> and it's, and it's a joy every time. Yeah. You can't worry about I don't, it. And I don't, I don't mean about the sex. I mean about the baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, they're both. And it's like, um, you, you don't worry about that. You don't sit and worry about there being too many people in the world. Um, yeah. If you are, you're dumb. Don't worry about all the other like billions of people. It's it's so somehow you live your life out on being human. If that's what you're worried yeah. about, make your family, make your life, and worry about yourself and maybe injustices in the world that you can help and and make better. Do that, but don't worry about there being too many people in the world. That's idiotic. Just take joy. And the you human beings that you know. Do what you need to do to raise them and feed them. And get them to heaven. Yeah. And that's all you got to do. All right. I think okay. we're done on now that. We're done. <laughs> okay. Um, got a little bit. Of, I don't have a whole lot of news. So, I guess there's death. There's wildfires in Algeria. It, it seems like every week there's a new wildfire in a different part of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, there's a pretty big one in Algeria. Uh, 38 people dead so far. Uh, 200 other injuries. Uh, there's 39 different forest fires in the northern part of the country. Wow. So, I guess they're trying to get those under control. I Look, in America, we have California, which is always on fire. Now, granted, it's pretty dry there at certain times. But... The rest of the country, we've got other dry areas of the country. And if there's a forest fire, it's like a really big deal because it happens so seldom. Yeah. And it just seems like if you guys would manage your forests properly and log when you need to log and, and store water. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things we like in, in, in Yellowstone and the Serenator, they do controlled burns because they know. That fire is is a actually it's a critical part of the ecosystem in, in some of the you know the northwestern areas there are pine trees yeah. that they won't open up and release their seeds unless there's a fire. Yeah, but even without the controlled burns, when you separate parts of the forest by logging, mm-hmm. you don't destroy the uh, nature the the natural right. Um, you don't destroy the ecology or the ecosystem and, or whatever. Yeah, and and you still you you limit the amount of damage a forest fire can do just by strip logging, and they do that in a lot of states, and most states don't have to deal with forest fires. I don't know if they do that in other countries or not. 
but we're hearing an awful lot about forest or uh, wildfires, mostly in other countries and in you know, California. That's a there's a sense in which because you, you talked before about how America, you know, we had this vast open land, and we started building cities and growing cities, and 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 then people, you know, started using that as a sense of alarm, but. But in America, because I, th- I thought where you were going to go with this is that we developed means of doing things like extending the, the uh, human life expectation and that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. we are an innovative country. Um, I think there's something, uh, it, it, we're losing it, but I think there's something that is somehow a little more manly about America than most of the rest of the world in this sense that we set out to fix and change and impose our will on things. Okay, we, we have okay, we, we want the we want to use yeah. this land. Let's use it for people to live in. We still need the forests. Let's make it so the forests when they catch fires don't harm people. We, we have this way of saying let's change things so that it suits us. And, and there's a manliness about that that, it, that the rest of the world seems to lack. There is. And on top of that, it it creates a beautiful thing. The, the, you've got some cities that are that practically have the forest through them, you know? Yeah. You, we've got cities, like you go in California, and there's this valley where there's a giant city, and it's surrounded by mountains, and... I don't know, you know, the yeah, Lake Cumberland, things yeah, like the that. It's is really nice. There's something yeah. beautiful about it. And <laughs> granted, nature in the wilderness is beautiful, but it's not less beautiful when man comes in and imposes his will, especially right. if he does it uh, the way Americans have done it. Yeah. Now, some countries like China or India. When they come in and do it, they just destroy it's everything. Completely exploitative, right? Exactly. And, and admittedly, that stinks, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, let's see. Uh, the Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson says that China will oppose any trade deals with the Taiwanese government uh, between the U.S. and Taiwanese government. And told the government to stop making misjudgments. Um, China's getting ready for a full-on invasion of Taiwan. Yeah, stinks. Uh, I'm on the same page here. The trial against 47 pro-democracy activists in Hong Kong has just begun. Uh, 29 activists have pleaded guilty. 18 pleaded not guilty. Um... So, I mean, Taiwan is about to take the same path that Hong Kong took. And mm-hmm. it's a shame. Yeah. But, I mean, there's not much we can do to help them. We can't even... We've got this idiot bumbling president who who seems to think that most of his energy should be spent fighting Russia in Ukraine. And it's like... I just... I mean, with this stuff going on, I, I mean, especially China and Taiwan... It just really interests me to know how would this be different, and I know that it would be different um, if Trump, if Trump were in the White House. Yeah, it'd be very. It different. would not be playing out this way. Yeah. Um, let's 
speaking of Russia, they have they said they're going to shut down Nord Stream, the uh, gas line, for three days for maintenance. Okay. Oh, I I didn't know it was going. I thought it was already shut down because I heard maybe certain parts of it are because I heard like a month or two ago in the news we were saying that they've suspended development of Nord Stream, but maybe. Maybe parts of it are working, parts of it aren't. I don't know. I don't understand that's, that's, that. I keep thinking. I mean, that, you know, a pipeline like that. They, they. I gotta think that like it supplies multiple points, and yeah, will run it as far as it's built so far. Yeah. Well, I, you know, this war against Russia is hurting the world in a lot of different ways, and one of the ways is energy. But see. It's not hurting the world in terms of energy expense because we have plenty of energy here in America. What's really hurting us is shutting down our own streams of energy. That's and true. They're trying to make it look like it's this war with Russia, which I think, I mean, when the war first started, when, when it looked like Ukraine was about to be attacked, I think we even mentioned back then that they're going to look at all the gas prices and they're going to say it's because of Russia. And that's what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Okay, so they're saying that... that uh, Remember last week all them fish in the Oder River died in Poland and Germany? Yeah. They're saying we that there's looking, a... Okay, what's upstream of that? There's a certain algae that they're saying is overgrown. But the algae is linked... To industrial pollution, and they're saying huh. that's what probably killed the fish. I don't know if I buy that. Are, are, Maybe are, is it? See, I mean, okay. I mean, may, I don't profess to know a lot about this to to even be have a right to an opinion. But yeah. doesn't it seem more um, intuitive that? The industrial pollution would kill the fish, and then because the fish are dead, the algae grow? That does seem like a more likely scenario. You ain't got no fish, then then the the river becomes unhealthy and algae grows. Because we've lived or we've we've spent a lot of time in a river and we see what happens. When the river water's flowing fresh, there's fish. Mm-hmm. And then when certain areas stop flowing, first the fish yeah. die, and then you see algae growing. Right. And if you can keep, like, like if you can keep a pond stocked, it, it yeah with fish, you you don't get an algae problem. If the fish die and you don't replenish them, then you get algae problems. Yeah. Now there are certain algae that grow uh, despite having fish. And that you have to watch out for. I don't. I don't know what that is. I just, I've seen. I've been to a pond where he's like, no, there. He said the fish are still there. It's just that this algae's started growing out of it, and I have to deal with this, or else all the fish are going to die. It's eventually going to kill all the fish. It must be because um, I thought part of it is that the fish consume the algae to some degree. Right. The fish can't eat this algae. I guess there's certain kinds of algae that the the fish don't eat. I remember because uh, I had been fishing on the, at this pond for a while, and then one year, it's like it started where I would you know throw my lure out and I'd bring it in and have a little bit of algae on it. 
And okay. it got to the point by the end of the summer, it was like I, I just couldn't fish there. It, there was still fish there, but I would mm-hmm. pull my lure and it'd be covered in algae, and I'd have to yeah. pull it all off before. And he told me, "Yeah, it's it's like a some kind of weird species that just starts growing, and you got to get rid of it. There's there's some kind of chemical he could use to get rid of it, and uh, it would the fish were still there, but this algae started growing real bad." Um, police in Nicaragua confirm that they have arrested a Roman Catholic bishop in uh, Managua because that bishop was anti-Ortega. So, the I guess huh. Ortega is the president there. And let me, let me look this back up again real quick. So, in Nicaragua... Jose Daniel Ortega Saavedra is the is he's a politician serving as president right now. Actually, he's been serving since 2007, and uh, this bishop was anti Ortega, and they arrested him and said that any further provocation and destabilization activities amongst the clergy would be dealt with. Uh, so I, I don't know. Just one of those. Finally, a bishop probably speaking up against something that that everybody knows, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the it was wrong. Yeah, federal police well, are coming down on those, those uh, middle American countries. I mean, it, it's like you have a dictator in place, and then some revolutionary uh, acquires enough popularity to overthrow him, and then he becomes a new dictator. Yeah, and, and, and it's just like this Daniel endless Ortega circle. Did exactly that. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, the prime minister at Singapore. Let's see. Singapore will dis- decriminalize sex between men, which was illegal under a uh, colonial era law. But it's also amending the constitution to define marriage as a heterosexual union. So they're saying you're not going to be arrested for having sex with men, for men having sex with men, but, but we're also uh, putting in the Constitution, yeah, you can't yeah. call it marriage. Okay. So a win well, and a loss, but... That's interesting. Oh, well. An interesting, uh, an interesting approach. I guess, like, there's two... There's two uh, sides of the coin and he's trying to stride the fe- uh, straddle the fence I think I don't so know it's like it's like a, a, would it would it really so so here's the thing is is heterosexual fornication illegal that in, in Singapore then it must not be because it would Probably it would not. be weird to say two unmarried men you can go make it but an unmarried man an unmarried woman although you know what not necessarily if you well, look at it from you know a, what a, a government um, motivational point of view, the idea of marriage is that hey, if you're going to do something that has the possibility of producing a child you first have to make a commitment to each other that provides a stable home for that child yeah, and so that I, I could actually see a government going that direction. Or I could see it's like, alright these, these men want to have sex um, so I'm going to make this big grand gesture which will make me popular to say, sure, you can have sex. 
I'm also going to sneak into the Constitution that sex is specifically a heterosexual union. Not not shedding any light on the fact that it's illegal to have sex outside of marriage. Oh, and then, so I've really done nothing. So, <laughs> what happens is they don't they don't start getting rounded up for uh, for homo homosexual acts. Instead, it's just plain old fornication. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not arresting you, you for sodomy. We're arresting you for, for sex outside of marriage. Um, I don't think that's what happened, but no, that would I don't be think funny. So, but yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know. You know, in Singapore. Were they really arresting men for having sex with each other? Was that really a thing? I don't. I don't think it was a thing that was going on. It's just that it happened to still be on the books. Yeah. Uh, speaking of gay sex, monkeypox cases have been reported in all fifty states. Ah, okay. Now yep, there it is. It's the new AIDS. I've heard that they found a dog with monkeypox, <laughs> and then they found out okay. the dog actually shared the bed with two gay men and it looks like maybe those gay men had sex with the dog oh my gosh i'm sorry i don't hopefully nobody's listening to this with their kids but i mean (laughs) i don't it's too late now we've already said all of it but uh look monkeypox it more and more it's looking like is it is a gay disease yep it just is um not even a uh, not even a VD. It's a gay disease. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Uh, the dugong. Have you ever heard of the D U G O N G? No. It's kind. I guess kind of like a oh, like a man- uh, manatee sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a manatee. Uh, China is saying the dugong is extinct in China. Um, But they do exist in parts of Southeast Asia and Australia Asia. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're not completely extinct, but they are extinct in China. But China, China is brutal on their environment. Yeah. I don't, most people, I think, I think a lot of people know, but just kind of ignore. But China has no interest in preserving the environment. They... They don't do it the way Americans do it. So it's not surprising that animals would become extinct in China. Right. I don't think it's that big a deal. But uh, two men are found guilty of conspiring to obtain a weapon of mass destruction for use in the kidnapping. So the I guess two guys who were uh, had a hung jury went back and oh, they were found yeah, guilty. Oh, yeah, tried. And they what weren't. They're found guilty of is not conspire conspiracy to kidnap, but conspiracy to obtain a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, and one and, of them is which... also convicted of an explosive charge. I don't know if he was a, convicted of conspiracy to obtain an explosive one, charge or, or from having, having one, it. Or... I think having one. Um, again, look, we all know what happened here. The FBI. Started this and, and somehow they were, they found a way to charge these two guys and make it stick. It's it's a shame, but these guys were, well, we've already talked about them. You know, yeah, they were just a couple of idiots 
and, and it's really sad that this could happen. Easily um, manipulated. I guess the the lesson here is watch what you say, and. I don't know. Don't be a bragger. These guys were sitting around bragging about what they were going to do, and the FBI hears them and says, "Oh, I can make them do it," and then arrest them for it. And yeah, that's what happened. And it's just—it's an absolute outrage. Uh, Germany and French rail transport manufacturer Alstom inaugurated the world's first fleet of hydrogen fuel-powered trains. Uh, they've got 14 hydrogen trains to replace uh, some of the diesel locomotives. I don't, I don't know about this. I mean, first of all, I know that it's not in any way saving energy. But I don't understand. Are they traveling around with giant tanks of hydrogen or are they making their hydrogen as they go? Do you know how much electricity it takes to make enough hydrogen to power a train? Um, How could they even make that enough enough electricity? Well, that's the thing. I don't, is like, is I the, don't think that pa- engine could power itself. In order to... No, well, it, it, it couldn't. Uh, because in order to make the hydrogen, you have to do something like electrolyze water. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of... Since you did that, I looked up, well, okay, how do hydrogen fuel cell cars work? And it says that they're powered by compressed hydrogen gas that feeds into an onboard fuel cell stack, doesn't burn the gas, uh, but transforms the fuel's chemical energy into electrical energy. Well, how does that... What? Is it like... Is it like That's leaving something out. Is it electrolysis in reverse? Uh, I'm trying to find something that's not put out by the government. So they're saying that they can transfer... Transform the hydrogen into electricity without burning it. That's what that's what I'm trying to find out is how do they actually work? I just I don't know why I I kind of don't believe it. I, I, I don't that. know maybe. Well, think of, think about this. Uh, you take the process of electrolysis. You okay, run electricity but... through water, through some kind of impure water. You can't do it with the um, with, yeah um, yeah distilled and, water. And you get. You get oxygen and, it and hydrogen. Oxygen and hydrogen. Well, there might be a way to run that process in reverse, not as a full, not as a burn, but as a but, process that okay. allows them to recombine, rele- releasing the electrical energy back into okay. whatever it is you want to power. But if they did that, that means they're driving around with hydrogen tanks. It does mean they drive. They're driving around with compressed hydrogen, which means that it has would, to be. Well, I mean, it, I guess. And they're that, still using oxygen too. So if you get, like, let's say your hydrogen tank gets punctured and there's some kind of yeah. a spark. Well, you know, gasoline. Okay, gasoline tanks do explode. Cars do explode from gasoline and so on and so forth. But well, think the gasoline. Gasoline has a fairly narrow um, flammable saturation point. That that if, if it's if it's too saturated, it won't catch, and if it's too uh, diffused in the air, it won't catch. Okay. But with hydrogen. I, I think hydrogen has a lot broader range where that can be a problem as long as there's enough oxygen. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, 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 I'm curious. I want to do some more research and find out how dangerous this could really be. 
Yeah. I, uh, and, and I, I, look, you can't make me believe that this is any more energy efficient than a diesel engine. May, well, I don't know. Maybe than a diesel. No. I mean, you'd have to have a know. giant, the, I, the hyd- you had to get the hydrogen somehow. How do you get hydrogen normally? Where does hydrogen come from? Do they make it? I think they can only make hydrogen through electrolysis. Yeah. So they make hydrogen, and then they recombine it to make electricity. Well, okay. So I'm you're not watching saving a, a very cartoonish animation of a hydrogen uh, fuel cell, and okay. it looks like the hydrogen come in with, um, I, you know, basically. It strips off one of the electrons from the hydrogen, or maybe both electrons. I don't know. It, it, this is very cartoonish. Okay. But it somehow strips the electrons from the hydrogen, allows the hydrogen to pass through ionized to the other side of the cell where it recombines with the oxygen. But in order to recombine, it needs that electron back, and it forces the electron to travel through a path that powers something. Okay. Now, like I said, this is very cartoonish. I, I'm sure it's like, like, incredibly Maybe. simplified, but it yeah. looks like and that's the like... basic idea. All right. Okay. I don't think it's any better than a diesel engine, though, because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. you gotta make you gotta make the hydrogen first, and that took a bunch of electricity. So, I guess, I guess maybe it would be like having an electric train. I guess maybe that could be... It wouldn't be cleaner than a diesel engine. Of course, a a power plant is incredibly clean compared to, say, 5 million cars. Right. But the transfer of that energy, I don't know. Someday we'll have to... I mean, there are so many lies told about uh, fossil fuels. It's as bad as the lies told about uh, overpopulation. Right, right. You know, the, the, they've built up a whole industry around us not having enough fossil fuels. And it's silly because we have plenty. Yeah. And we're not going to run out. We're not, I don't think we'll ever run out. Soon. Because <laughs> it, because it's looking more and more like it's not a one-time event that created a bunch of fossil fuels. It looks like it's an ongoing thing that the earth is constantly creating these fuels. Oh, right, right. Maybe not all of them, but we're not going to run out of fuel. Um, that's all the news I got. Oh, but you, okay. I you were supposed to look something up. Last Remember the thing? airport, the airplane that fell apart in the sky? I do remember that. What was I supposed to look up? Find out which airline it came from. Oh. Well, I tried to find it, and I couldn't. I, Nobody's okay. saying where it came from. I don't remember that I was supposed to... I was just saying that it's... It, I'm, I'm positive that somebody like the NTSB knows which airline and which flight yeah. it was. Yeah. But nobody's saying. And I, but, I wow, looked all over to try to find it. That is interesting. It's weird that nobody would report... You'd think right. at least one would reporter would be like, Oh, I'm going to find out who did this. <laughs> I know. And like some kind of... <laughs> <laughs> breaking news but nobody's doing it and nobody knows so 
Okay, well, <clears throat> I do not have that. But I, I do have, I only have three stories this time. Um, it, it's, it's a slow, weird news week. Um, one of them is a uh, 81-year-old woman that was nabbed in Poland with five kilos of heroin in her suitcase. Five kilos of heroin, and she kept it in her suitcase? In her suitcase, 81 years old. Uh, They were suspicious of her itinerary, I guess, and her uneasy behavior. It it doesn't really say, you know, anything about comments from her, but um, she said she denied any wrongdoing and said family members had given her the suitcase with gifts for relatives in Canada. Canada from Poland to Canada. Well, she was traveling through Poland from... um, Oh, okay. From Kenya. Okay, from Africa. From Africa. Through Poland. Through Poland to Canada. And she kept it in her suitcase. Her suitcase. And and they got suspicious at her behavior, which makes me think that somebody managed to talk her into it. She wasn't a regular drug mule. Yeah. It was, uh, it's, I guess, kind of a little bit sad. Yeah. Um, Taking advantage that, of an old woman like that. Obviously, yeah, if she, if she was... If she would had kind of funny behavior, then it's like, um, yeah, she's not used to doing this. You'd think she would have found a better way of doing it if she wasn't used to doing it. Like, I know I could never smuggle anything through an airport because I would be shaking and scared to death. I'd be like, oh, no, they're going to... It's so hard for me to to be dishonest. (laughs) I see some people do dishonest things and they're as cool as cucumbers and I don't even get it because like even telling a white lie I literally get the shakes yeah <laughs> I'm like oh no I just lied they're gonna he's gonna be able to tell and then I just I finally come out and say look I just told you a lie I, I didn't do that <laughs> hey I love those earrings oh shoot yeah no, no. no I, do. <laughs> I hate those earrings <laughs> I have never told my wife that looks good for the sake of getting her to hurry up and get ready. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fine. Just go. <laughs> yeah, I have never done Although, that. Although, there's lots of times when, when my wife has, like, you know, indecision about something that I don't care. I don't have an opinion, but I will... Yeah, I'll do... Okay, yeah. I'll express an opinion... In order to get her to get moving. Yeah. I'll say it as though I care. <laughs> I don't care. It's just to say, does this look all right? And I, if I don't think it looks all right, I'll say, no, I think well, you yeah. should lose it. But a lot whatever. of times, well, should I, should I wear this, this, this red shirt or this green sweater? Or uh, something like yeah. that. Like, okay, I don't care which, really. It doesn't okay, matter. In order to make you feel like I care, wear the red shirt. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, next... This, we were talking about Yellowstone earlier, um, and apparently they found a human foot inside of a shoe in a uh, one of the hot springs in Yellowstone. I wonder, like, did it float up, or... Well, they said it was in Abyss Pool, which I'm, tr- I'm trying to look up Abyss Pool real quick to see if um, Hot Spring in the West Thumb Geyser Basin... 
Because I'm kind of wondering if I actually went there when I was in Yellowstone. Uh, and um, a nearby parking lot were temporarily closed, but it has since reopened. Oh, it was only closed because they found a foot. But, but um, yeah, it was closed because, but they're saying that, that it suggests that an incident involving an individual occurred on the morning of July 31st. Likely occurred. That's probably just when they found it. Oh, that could be. But it's like, how do you lose? Evidence. How does your foot become separated from you with no foul play? Yeah, that's not possible. I don't think, unless somebody fell in there, and um, no, I don't know. If your foot separated from your body, there was probably foul play. Now, this particular one, it says that that this hot spring. Oh, that, are there bears in Yellowstone? Oh, I wonder. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Yeah. Or wolves. Are there black bears? I mean, I don't. I don't think there are like grizzlies or anything. Okay, but if there are wolves, let's say somebody fell and died, oh. and then wolves ate most of them, but the foot was left over because it's in a shoe, and that gets washed down from a rainstorm or melting snow mm-hmm. or something like Ends that. Up in one of these hot springs. That could be. Yeah. Well, they, you know these hot springs. They're, they're, these hot springs are interesting in Yellowstone. They have this this uh, kind of a rainbow effect um, with like like yellow on the outer and then red, and, and then it turn eventually it turns like like a deep green or blue, yeah, in, in the middle. Um, and they explained that um, what's actually going on is is that there are algae growing on these that are. Uh, what do they call extremophile? They they like the extreme temperature, the hot temperatures. But the way it works is that the different kind of algae like the different temperature gradients. And by the time you get into the middle of these hot springs, it's too hot for any algae at all. So these so hot the springs are, are really really cool. hot. Like you couldn't go swimming in them. I just lost him. Hold on. Let's see what's happening. There he is. All right, you there. Hold on. Um, okay. So I, it, I, I've never been to Yellowstone. You, you can't go swimming in these hot springs, can you? Oh, no way. No, you'd boil. They're like real hot. Some of them, like, like this one they're talking about gets up to approximately 140 degrees and that's not a super hot one. Wow. So like, I mean, do these. These are not the kinds of things that you would want to take a bath in. And they could be dangerous because what happens is, um, it's like, okay, so you see like a hot spring, like a pool, um, where, okay, there's a hot spring. And you think, oh, that's cool. I, I could walk up to the edge and look down. But in reality, the way they're, sh- um, they're shaped underneath because of, you know, it's like a, it's like a huge geological plumbing system. But yeah. you see the hole in the ground. And if you're standing next to the edge of that hole, you might be standing on rock that's only a couple inches thick, and it might because just the whole break like, and... balls out underneath. Okay, and and caves out. So that's why in in a lot of places in Yellowstone, I mean, it's you know they've got they've built wooden planks for places, and we were um, the the guy who who was our tour guide. You know, we we did a one of those bus tour things to the various points west northwest, and. Um, he said that there's there's this one area in Yellowstone, that, you know, commonplace people go and, and they've got these parking lots set up 
but it's it's very geologically active and there's you know like this parking lot that suddenly right in the middle of the parking lot it opened up and and there was a geyser there then wow so i mean like okay yellowstone park it it like gets cold there and it snows and stuff right um i don't know how cold it gets i guess it does somewhat get cold there but um that's a good question. Hold on. Let me look where Yellowstone is. I don't even know where it is. Uh, average... Okay, it gets a, around snowy cold. So, December 26 I thought, degrees, January 28, like, I, February 31. Yeah, you're in Wyoming. That's It gets yeah, cold north. there, and it snows. Um, yeah, but... So, like, the wildlife, do they... Do they just stay away from those hot springs? Don't they ever come to try to drink or something like that? No, there's rivers and stuff there where they can go get water. Okay. I mean, once in a while, I mean, well, they, they, I, th- I think they seem to kind of know where they can go and where they can't. There's, I mean, there's there's moose up there and buffalo and, and uh, of course, lots of... Yeah, that's what I thought. There's like bison and, stuff, like and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I've, I've never been. I always thought, man, that'd be a... It's worth a trip, go, but if you can, I'm sure it, it is. Work. Yeah. Wow. All right, uh, and last, this was something. It's just kind of. It occurred to me. It's kind of funny. I, I because I, I'm actually, I was actually using the, um, the way that el- like elementary particles can be in. I'm using air quotes when I say be in other particles like like a, a proton a proton is like one of the heavier particles within the, the nucleus of an atom you got protons and neutrons and then of course the super light yeah. particles are the electrons well the protons themselves are composed and when you say composed you got to kind of use air quotes of quarks um, but they're only composed of quarks in the sense that they can decay into quarks but the quarks themselves it's not like a house is composed of bricks when you think of a house being composed of bricks okay the brick is there as a brick even as it's part of your house but the quarks yeah. in a proton are aren't there as quarks they don't have existence as quarks that are you know doing quirky things as part of a proton it's just that the proton can decompose can be forced to decompose into quarks and they can get that to happen with like like high-speed colliders and stuff like that but there okay. is this they, they found this interesting um quark in in that can that it rarely shows up when they get the protons to decay but it can show up and there's a quark that can decay out of a proton that is like one and a half times the mass of the proton. So the proton gets bigger instead of smaller. Well, the thing that... that I mean, the, the thing, thing that, that the proton, proton broke down into is one of its bigger, bigger than the proton. Than the pro- okay. I guess it's like... Those, That's those interesting. Old, those old cartoons when you see like like uh, the uh, the Warner Brothers, uh, like, like Sylvester the Cat, and you'll see one of these like like gangster cars drive up and then and it's this tiny car and and then like this this goon steps out that's like giant guy comes out yeah, it's kind of like that it's like the uh the simpsons when uh they're 
There's a kid on The Simpsons who's always laughing at people, and he always, <laughs> and uh-huh. there's one where he sees this guy in a real tiny car, but the guy's obviously kind of big. And he looks at him and points and goes, yeah. And then the car stops. And this giant guy gets out. It is one of the funniest scenes in the whole series. And he takes like, he's running away from him, but the guy just takes like two steps and catches up with him. (laughs) It's one of my favorite Simpsons scenes. Yeah, that's another uh, series that I never bothered to watch. I I wouldn't even suggest it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do like... There's a lot of funny things in The Simpsons. Yeah. But, look... I, a lot of better stuff to spend your time on. <laughs> it's just that... Well, of course, you got to... I, they've got like 20-something seasons. And mm-hmm. after a yeah. certain... After like season 10, then it's not worth watching anymore. But um, I just... My second time watching the series, yeah. I just realized it's like... These people do nothing but make fun of Christians. Oh, Christians okay. are constantly yeah. the butt of the joke. And at a certain point, I got tired of that. I don't mm-hmm. watch Big Bang Theory. I don't watch Simpsons anymore because of that. And I will yeah. say, King of the Hill does not do that. Huh, that's interesting. It's, it's actually kind of the opposite. Anyway, uh, so the court... Is bigger than the proton it used to be. Yeah, that's the uh, that's or rather the proton is smaller than this cork that made it that that went into making it. Okay, but does 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 anything else get involved in making these corks? Well, the cork see the the corks are are fundamental particles, whereas the proton is not the proton decays okay. in the quarks the quarks themselves don't decay um and so they they say that a, a proton is composed of, of three quarks but sometimes one of those three quarks can be this charmed quark that is like more massy than the proton itself there was a time uh i think that we thought the protons were fundamental particles yes yeah yeah. I wonder if someday we'll be like, hey, these quarks are turning quarks. into something else. They're made of, yeah. They're not so fundamental. <laughs> Could be. Could be. All right. All right. Um, and that is all I have in terms of news. All right. But we do have another Bible trivia. And I have this dice roller so that I can figure out which... So I've got this card. I think I explained it last time. They've got the categories that yeah. are basically the colors of Trivial Pursuit. I'm just going to roll a die. Uh, there's six different categories, and the top is number one, and the bottom is six. And so I'm going to roll the die right. and see what we come up with. And it is a four. So, uh, Which is cate- what kind of question? Hold on. Category number four is places. All right. I'm terrible. I'm terrible with modern day geography. And you take me into the Bible and I'm even worse. But I'm going to try to answer the question with the help of... This one is kind of easy in the sense that it would be kind of dumb for it to be anywhere else than this. Uh, The question is, where did the devil have Jesus stand when he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. On a mountaintop, but I don't know which mountain. I don't think it was any particular mountain. I think it just said it was like 
the high, the, on like a, a, hill. a parapet or something like that. Yeah. But here's he took here's them to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he could have taken them anywhere in the world because he, he was showing them all yeah. the kingdoms of the earth. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, the, oh, the official answer on the back of the card is on the highest point of the temple. So it says the temple. I don't... Oh. I'm not sure I believe that, but maybe. But here we... So, like, in Matthew, um, it says he set him on the pinnacle of the temple. So that would be true. Okay. Now, here, here's... Um, Okay, I'm going to say something interesting in a minute, but first I want to find the other account make of sure. the um, temptation, which is so that was uh, that was actually I thought yeah, it was, that was only... Matthew. So I want to because Luke has an, a different account of the temptation. I did not. Okay, so it okay, is Mark. so in Luke he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. So both times they said pinnacle of the temple, but here's what's okay. I thought it was a mountain always. I don't know why I thought mountain too. I always I always thought that's what it was. Okay. But here's here's the the difference. In Matthew, he take you know both of them start with this, hey, convert these stones into bread. In Matthew, he goes from there to the temple and says throw yourself down. Yeah. And then he shows him the kingdoms of the world and says if you worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. In Luke, he goes from the uh, turn these stones into bread and does the kingdoms of the world first, and then he does the temple, throw yourself down as the third temptation. So the and the second devil led him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Yeah, but the question is, where, where did he take him when he said, throw yourself down from here if you're the son of God? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. For right. some reason... I, was I, I mixed the of, two up too. I, I yeah, confused okay. them. Yeah. But my point is that Matthew and Luke swap the second and third temptations. Uh, Mark uh, goes from bread to uh, showing him the kingdoms and offering them the him the kingdoms, and then mm-hmm. goes to throw yourself down. So I think Mark. Is uh, I think Mark matches Matthew then. Yeah. But Matthew and Luke swap numbers two and three. Okay. So when you sit, like, because <clears throat> I used that. Well, like, like somebody had had brought up a, um, you know, some some kind of like one of those moral dilemma things, and I said, well, mm-hmm. this is like the second temptation of Christ. And then I went back and I read it. It's like, oh shoot, I shouldn't have said that because it was like one of those radio call-in shows. It's the third one. And I thought, yeah. oh shoot, it's the third temptation. And then I was reading the Bible later. It's like, no, I was right. That was the second temptation. Well, now I know that they're actually put in different orders. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a pretty interesting. It, one of the first shows that we did very, very long time ago, uh, you gave a talk about all three of the temptations in three different shows. I would encourage someone to go all the way back to the beginning of our podcasts and listen to the talk you gave about the temptations. Um, I, it gave, it gave me a lot to think about that I had never thought about before. And, uh, I would, I would encourage people to go back and listen to those. They're pretty good. All right. 
I don't Alrighty have. Then. Uh, all right, so that's our Bible trivia for today. And uh, think about what we said. And as always, go raw and circle the beads. All right, we'll see you. Bye, everyone.